Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. From the Anti-Up headquarters in Tampa Bay, Florida, it's the Anti-Up PokerCast. And now, here are two guys who think they know how to play poker, Chris Casenza and Scott Long. It's July 23rd, 2021. You're listening to the best poker cast on the internet. I'm Chris Casenza. And I'm Scott Long. Let's get to the news. Yes, because we have more fun stuff later on. So we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll Chevy Chase it right here from the beginning. All right, let's do it. All right, just a day after gaming regulators in Massachusetts reported a tenfold increase in complaints about why poker has not returned to the state, Encore Boston Harbor, which has a 74-table poker room, said it's unlikely to bring the game back. Encore statements that the decision is based on, quote, current market conditions and the resulting need to prioritize space, unquote. Representatives from it and MGM Springfield, which had a 35-table poker room, told regulators they are waiting to see whether sports betting is approved in the state before making a decision on poker. Additionally, both casinos report struggling to find enough workers to staff its casino, which likely is influencing the decision as poker is one of the most labor-intensive games in a casino. And uh, I forgot to put this on the show notes, but I saw it yesterday. There might be a poker summit being put together, Chris, for regulators to talk to the casinos to figure out whether they are required to bring back poker. Oh, interesting. I saw the headline to that, but I didn't read the story. Um, This is a big deal, too. I mean, think about that. If both those rooms indeed close, that's 109 tables out of New England just gone, just like that. That's like the... Almost the entire state of Mississippi right there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, think about it, too. I mean, we used to say how, you know, Florida is a huge state, and it was what best bet Jacksonville that had like a 70-table room. We were like, whoa, this is Encore Boston. It's a brand-new 74-table room, and they're just saying no. And you love the quote, too, prioritize space. Yeah, that means put in slot machines that don't require humans. Yeah, that's a, well, or a sports betting parlor. Yeah, or sports betting parlor. But, yeah, but still. Yes, so, yeah. So, yeah, uh, I think we got a lot of stuff that's going to come out here soon. So today is when the uh, Massachusetts Senate debates the sports bidding um, bill. So uh, I don't know really where it was in the status on that, whether we'll know by the end of the day or if it moves on somewhere else. But um, So that will be interesting. So I don't know whether it's when they say whether sports bidding is improved, whether that means that if it is, then because of kind of the – inherent pairing of sports betting and poker that that would be enough to bring poker back and maybe not a 74 table poker room but a sports betting palace with poker tables in it right yeah yeah maybe that's what they mean i can't imagine they would mean that if sports betting is approved that they're just gonna get rid of the poker room that doesn't make sense but maybe that's what they mean i mean you only have so much space in your casino even big ones like this so yeah it's awful vague really hard to get rid of slot machines when you put them in yep. <laughs> yep. a lot of money and they don't call them sick yeah that's sad um uh, but yeah i mean i mean more of it i mean we talked about this on the show before too this this uh, workers uh, shortage is, is really a big deal and again you think about how labor intensive poker rooms are i, I can see it that 
you know, uh, certainly these five and six table rooms, that's an easy decision to say, hey, you know, if we can't can't staff blackjack, we're not going to staff poker. But 74 table room, I mean, even if you made it a 30 table room, right, it's still a massive room. Yep. Oh, all right. Well, pay attention, folks. And I know our folks up in Massachusetts are really uh, chomping at the bit to, to see some resolution on this. So. Um, all right, and then sad news we found out a couple days ago. The high-stakes uh, poker pro Lane Flack and six-time uh, World Series poker bracelet winner died unexpectedly in his sleep at the age of 52. And I'll tell you, that's what hit really hard, right? So, yeah. I mean, these, uh, these old guys, the legends in the game, you know, uh, you feel bad when they, when they pass away. But uh, you're like, hey, they lived a good life. But when folks like this and Gavin Smith, who are right around our age, that's, uh, that's scary. Yeah, I uh, I was shocked when I saw it. I just and the thing is, is I it's funny because you know Facebook is where you get a lot of your news, and not that you look at Facebook for news and trust what you see on Facebook, but like your friends in the industry comment and say, "Tell me this isn't true," or "No way," and then you go looking for the information to make sure that what you see is indeed true. And that's how I found out. Just started looking at my feed late at night, and I said, "No way! You got to be kidding me." Um, I mean, I don't think you and I have ever met him either. I, I know I was in his presence a few times in Vegas, but I don't think I ever actually talked to him or had an interview with him. Did we? I don't think we did. I, I we didn't on the show and I, and I don't recall ever meeting him. I, I think I'm, I'm with you though. I mean, he was, I, I've seen him play at, at events probably, but never had the, um, opportunity to, to chat with him. So. I know our friend Matt Savage has, you know, he was close with him and, and has said uh, that, you know, in the early 2000s or whatever, there was no one better than him in the world at that time. Yeah. He was just, just that good. I saw a lot of tweets from a lot of players that said the same thing. So, I mean, that's that's a high testament that, you know, yep. Yep. any point in your career to be called the, the most dominant no-limit player is, is really impressive. So, yeah. Uh, oh, on a lighter note, though, because we like to like and celebrate the entire life here, right? Um, I, I did like the story about how he got his back-to-back nickname. Now, of course, it's probably easier because it's rhyming with Flack, right? But, right. You know, he simply won two tournaments in a row, um, which I think a lot of people have done. <laughs> I've even done that. Right. Calls back-to-back long. But uh, <laughs> yeah, kind of funny where uh, where these nicknames come from. But yeah, um, we'll be interested to see uh, what the cause of death there is because it certainly didn't sound like you know he was down and out and stuff. Um, so yeah, and six bracelets too. I mean, that's. I mean, he he could still could have kept winning them too. You know, what I mean, he he could have gotten to double digits if he just had kept playing. Even though at fifty, you kind of your your mind starts to kind of lose sharpness. But I oh, mean, yeah, it, but his last one was last summer. Yeah, the online, so yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So he could have hit ten. You know, it's it's such a shock, such a shame, travesty. You know, this happened, tragedy. Yeah, let's uh, let's get a little happier here, Chris, because uh, I've been playing a lot of poker this last weekend. <laughs> you, so, uh, so let's start off by saying the Andy of Home game returned after a very long hiatus, and uh, it showed, Chris. Wow. <laughs> it showed. <laughs> uh, Dr. Frank hosted eight of us. Uh, you claim you weren't invited, uh, which gave us the opportunity to drag each pop in the next Kentucky Derby, which was a lot of fun, so... <laughs> Uh, no, we didn't really do that. But, uh, but no, so it was an absolute blast to be playing poker, uh, really any kind of poker again. Now, you know, I did play that tournament at uh, TGT a couple uh, early last month, so it wasn't my first time playing poker in a while. But 
Uh, but just sitting there and touching the cards, playing the mixed games. Um, you know, uh, I, I didn't drink any beer though. I had Gatorade, but, <laughs> um, but just, uh, just hanging out and seeing folks again. Um, that, that was a complete uh, blast. And, you know, I haven't seen Faso in years. Um, cause the game I used to host at my house, we haven't done for four or five years now. So, at least. um, and I haven't made it to a lot of Dr. Frank's games before this. So. So it was good to catch up with those folks that we hadn't seen in a while other than, you know, just on Facebook. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Um, but, uh, yeah, we uh, – uh, there, were, there was a lot of rust, let's say, on people. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the very first hand, Dr. Frank called a straight, and we looked at the hand, and we're like, no, there's not a, not a straight there, sorry. <laughs> so, and that happened to a couple other folks as well, too. Uh, Faso kept forgetting which game we were on, even when he called it and dealt it. Jeez. Uh, uh, we did uh, we did have a couple of missed deals. I did do a, pre- a, a premature uh, turn, so I was not spotless in my return to, um, to dealing arts. Uh, and I'll tell you, that's the thing that you, that you missed. I'm like, you know, I played that tournament last month, but I did deal it. <laughs> so, right. Like, shuffling cards and dealing and, you know, remembering the order of stuff. And because, you know, in our game, we play all kinds of mixed games. So I mean, from Badoogie to Triple Draw, or we, I even call Double Flop, which everybody liked. Um, so uh, it, it was weird to shuffle. And then we did the, the, the two deals, the two, you know, we shuffled behind. Mm-hmm. And I'm really OCD, and I like the fact that the cut cards match the color of the decks. <laughs> no one else really cared. And I'm like, oh, whoa, geez. I need the red cut card for the red deck. <laughs> uh, so um, uh, the favorite, my favorite part, though, um, uh, aside from leaving as the big winner, and I left uh, really nice. It, it, it was funny. <laughs> a couple, a couple of stories. Like I had a, I had her Annie up checks and a couple other checks, and I didn't make it to the bank before the weekend. So uh, my bank account was, I was literally down to like two hundred and fifty bucks. <laughs> And I had to take money out. So I had to make sure there was like no automatic draws coming out. Like, <laughs> did the car payment come out already? Oh man! And, uh, to be able to get it, and I'm like, if I ever need a winning session, it's this weekend. So, uh, so that helped out. And then one of the other uh, two of the other players, they haven't used cash in so long that their ATM card expired. Wow! <laughs> Frank had to spot them. So, it's <laughs> some cash. So that's kind of funny. Uh, but no. So overall, my other favorite part was Frank uh, called Action Raz. And I got to tell you, this game is legit, Chris. Hmm. We talked about this on the show a couple months ago because Greg Raymer mentioned in an article that uh, they used to play it um, in Mississippi at these get-togethers of the, I think it was the Barge Group it was called. And uh, so it's just like regular Raz, but uh, you can't win the hand unless you have a, uh, a face card, pink card. Wow. Now, the pink card doesn't have to play in your hand. It just has to be one of your seven cards. So, I mean, still, if you have a wheel... And you have a jack, you you had the nuts, right? So, um, so the very first hand, I had amazing low, and I rivered my jack. David <laughs> is not happy about that <laughs> at all. But it, it is it it definitely I see why it's called action because now you know you got that king up and you bring it in and you got the ace deuce underneath. Before that's kind of a borderline play in Raz. Uh, now, I mean, you can bet with some reckless abandon there because you can by hand, and now you just got to like pick up a couple uh, more babies to go along the way. But it keeps people, and uh, those pots were big. So I'm a believer. I, I really think that's the way it should be played going forward now. So, wow. and I would say it does suck though. Uh, I did have a six low and never got a paint on one of them. So that that's pretty <laughs> cool. So it's basically. 
it's this balances out. You know, there are going to be times where you're going for the low and saying, oh, I'll pick up a paint somewhere and you don't. And then there's going to be a time where you have it and you all get a low and then you don't. So they're going to balance each other out okay. anyway. Exactly. So I mean, that's the actually action part. It keeps you in the hand, right? Yeah. Because, and you could be the guy drawing for the paint and the guy next to you is drawing for the babies and you're both in because you're drawing, right? Yeah. So, pumping money in. So I thought it was a fun game. So uh, very enjoyable to play. So do you want to run the correction this week or next week? Because <laughs> it's not the Annie of Home game. I wasn't there. That's that's not an Annie of Home game without me in it. Sorry, it's just not. It, it, I believe it, you're it's, on the email string. I went back and looked, and he had it on BCC, so I, I can't prove that. Name. Yeah, I was not on the string, and I wouldn't have gone anyway. I just wouldn't it's have gone. So but, but you know, if if I'm not invited, if I'm not invited, it's definitely not Annie of Home game. If I'm not there, then it's not a home game either. Annie of Home game. It's just Doctor Frank's game. Yeah. We had two or three uh, Annie of columnists there. Plus, former, former. They haven't written for us. Yeah, former so, so, Annie yeah. podcast regular <laughs> game. So yes, <laughs> you you and I both have to be in participation for it to be an Annie of home so game. This is like scotch or tequila, right? It's you, know, you can't call it that way. <laughs> so like like your safety harbor game. I think Doctor Frank has played at that, right? So does that make that an Annie of home game? No, it doesn't because I'm no. not there. It's a safety harbor game without any of Right, so your game was Dr. Frank's game, not the Eddie of Home game. Oh, bonsai boy. We're all right here. <laughs> but I, I really wasn't invited. And I would have uh, said, you know, I, I, I can't go. I couldn't have gone anyway. But I, I, I wasn't invited. So just so you know. All right. all right. Well, I'll be sure I invite you next time so you can say. Say no. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, all right. So, um, you know, I've been. Poking around a little bit more on the Poker Stars play site, uh, not a lot, um, but uh, you know, after playing the home game, uh, you know, got the got the blood juicing again for some more poker, and, and I really would like to get back into the pape. So it's just evenings are just difficult for me, but uh, but I have been playing a little bit on the Poker Stars, and um, so I, I logged in the other day, and for the first time, there wasn't like I usually play these uh, horse tournaments or stud eight tournaments, and there's usually six of eight already registered so i'm like i'm like one of the last people so we get the game going right but so i logged on the other day and like they all had one person and i'm like all right i'm not gonna wait an hour to play an hour tournament right mm-hmm. so i was just saw what the other options were and um and uh so i found this thing uh and people that are probably on this all the time have seen this forever but i hadn't seen it before but the spin and go flash tournament chris yeah they're old yeah, so uh, so the spinning go part is it, it they literally spin a wheel to see how much the prize pool is worth, uh, but the flash is a turbo. So I mean those things are a blast. So they're all three handed. Uh, when they spin the wheel, you can win uh, up to five thousand your buy in, um, though it's usually three or five x um, and sometimes two x. Uh, but the flash is turbo, so we start with just 300 units, and the blinds go up ridiculously fast. Like I think, like every two or three minutes, it seems like. Yeah. It's super- I actually completed one the other day in four minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's great if you're like low on time, but uh, so it took me a little time to get the strategy down. But then I last I won my last four after that uh, when I wrote the thing here, and I played a couple more yesterday and won. Two out of three, I think, in a 15-minute session. <laughs> That's really how quickly they go. Right. Uh, what I like about it, though, is, one, it's, it's shorthanded, so it really helps you with your shorthanded game. I mean, sit-and-goes in general help you with that, but you have to get down to, like, three-handed. This, you start three-handed, so right. the tournament is shorthanded. 
Um, and then they give us a lot of math involved. I mean, with 300 units, you know, you can't get crazy on hands. You got to be very selective on what you uh, you play. But at the same time, the blinds come around, you know, two out of every three hands. Right, so right. Selective. So, um, you know, you have to be really careful what you bet and how commended you get to a pot. Um, yeah, there was a hand yesterday, or one yesterday, one that lasted four minutes. Uh, the other two guys got it all in on the first hand, and then I knocked the other guy out two hands later. Or, I mean, I got him all in with one guy and then and doubled up, and then I knocked the next guy on the next hand. <laughs> so, like, it was like a two-hand tournament. Fantastic. So, anyhow, I highly recommend it to folks that uh, don't have a lot of time but uh, want to work on their shorthanded game. Well, the thing that's interesting to me is I, I remember when we would play, like, in Gambit's home game. Not the Antioch home game, but Gambit's home game. And it would be for smaller stakes at the time. And you're like, I just can't concentrate when we're playing for 25 cents, you know, or whatever. And now you're playing free stuff and you're like touting the, the you know, and I'm like, it's hard to, because you know, they almost always go all in on the first hand and those little three handed things. And then you've got an uphill battle the rest of the way if you're not one of the ones who went all in on the first hand. It all depends who you draw. I mean, I, I that that one all in on the first one was the only one out of the 15 or 20 I played. So, oh, good. I'd imagine the more I play, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see that. I mean, you know, I mean, if you get like a good hand that first hand, you might as well jam because yeah, by the time you get a pot size bet by the river, you're committed anyhow, right? Yeah, so, yeah. So I, I wouldn't be surprised by that, but uh, but there has been a, I've been a, a couple of them that it's been real cautious with like you know min raises and then checking it down in the first couple hands mm-hmm. and then then the blinds eat you up and then you can't do that anymore. So. But uh, what's funny about it is because we talked about this on like back when we talk about papes, you know, you got to have you have to buy into papes, right? So you get, you know, refreshed with so many chips every day. So you actually have to go out and play to win some stuff. So you have enough to play both the papes and the second chance, right? Yeah. And I got on and I'm like, all right, I don't, I'm too old for that stuff. Here's dollar ninety nine or whatever, two ninety nine. <laughs> I got four hundred thousand chips, <laughs> which will last me the rest of my life. And if they don't, all right, here's another dollar ninety nine for it, I think, right? But now it's like now I'm like uh so I can buy in these things the low end is ten thousand and I can win twenty or thirty thousand and I've been doing pretty well at it, so I've ran it up to like five fifty. So I'm not gonna have to get that extra dollar ninety nine anytime soon. <laughs> I remember when we took the cross transatlantic cruise and I was during one of those big storms. I was playing on Poker Stars because our poker room was closed. I was playing on Poker Stars for play money for like five or six hours during a storm. And I ran up to like 50 million chips in like four or five hours. And I was like, oh my God, because these guys are so bad, you know? And you play Zoom, so just go around so fast or whatever. The, is that what it's called there? I can't remember which one yeah, it was. Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, Zoom on full tilt, I thought. Okay. I don't know what it was called. It was uh, whatever it's called on Poker Stars, but. Yeah. Know. Oh my God. It's insane the way that some of these people, they just don't care. So you just sit there and wait for a hand and you get so many free chips out of it. And then you, you'll end up ultimately losing them because they don't care either. And then you get all in with aces and then they don't care. And then you, you lose 50 million on one hand, you know, and you worked all week to get that chip to count up there. And, uh, so it's so tough to play these guys like this sometimes. And sometimes it's so easy. It's like taking candy from a baby. Just crazy. <laughs> all right. Our annual fan auction has ended. I did not win anything, Chris. Oh, it's funny, I even got like an email from the site saying, sorry, you did not win. I'm like, I didn't bid on anything. <laughs> I'm trying to get rid of stuff. 
but so thank you very much to all the bidders. We uh, we raised six hundred and thirteen dollars and seventy four cents for the Scott and Chris Beer and Bonsai Fund, <laughs> and uh, cleared out valuable space at Annie headquarters, which uh, Mrs. Annie up here is very happy about. So nice. Uh, if you're one of the winning bidders, you were automatically sent an invoice. Some of you already paid already. Thank you. But if you didn't get, it, check your spam folder. And if you can't find it, email us here at podcast at antietmagazine dot com, and we'll be sure we send you your bill so you can pay it pay us so i yeah. can go buy here and chris can cut trees <laughs> um so yeah and I, I i was boxing stuff up yesterday and i just gotta say there were two people that bought multiple items and our new Annie up hero philip noro bought six of the 16 items for sale chris. wow fantastic that's fantastic thanks phil I gilded, I gilded at least one person into bidding on something. I, I won't say who it was, but it's hilarious. So everything's sold except for the uh, framed photo of the dogs playing poker, right? Or the, or That's correct. Print. And one of the winners, the other items, is negotiating with me on, on buying that. I, I haven't given in to the demands yet, but... Because, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, that, that's something I can find a home for here, so... Yeah, it's yeah. Hard, hard and expensive, this ship, so... That's funny. But anyhow, it was a lot of fun doing that for the folks. Uh, I wish we had more crap around here to get rid of, um, both for <laughs> money. And, but but uh, enjoy your items, and we'll get them in the mail to you shortly. Excellent. This is week. This week's update on poker room reopenings in West Virginia. Mardi Gras Casino Resort has reopened its poker room in Washington. Little Creek Casino Resort will reopen its poker room on August fifth, and we now have two hundred and sixty-two reopened poker rooms in the United States. And go check antietmagazine.com, reopen. Uh, for all those details, email us at editor at antietmagazine.com if we screwed anything up. And uh, sign up for our weekly e-blast so you can be reminded every Thursday of the you know, what rooms you can play poker in. Uh, Annie updates. The Annie Up World Championship will be at Thunder Valley Casino Resort near Sacramento, California, August 13th to the 29th, with satellites beginning August 6th. There will be 17 events over 17 days with a million dollars in guaranteed prize money including the $1,650 main event that's August 27th to the 29th with a 500k guarantee. For the schedule and structures, visit ThunderValleyCasinoResort.com and click on the Poker tab. Page the Antioch Fans free online tournament series on PokerStars Play Money site is available everywhere. Details on how to join can be found at bit.ly slash PAIPS. Games are on the 6th, 16th, and 26th every month and rotate disciplines with a main tournament followed by a second chance event. PokerStars lets you claim 15,000 free chips every four hours. Join the Antioch Fans group Facebook page. Uh, post within the group to get feedback on hands, ask call to four questions, just discuss anything poker. Plus, you find a lot of news on there as well from us. Check out 11 vintage Antioch logo designs on merchandise at antiochmagazine.com shop. Buy t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, phone and laptop cases, coffee and drink mugs, and much more with your choice of Antioch Magazine, Antioch PokerCast, or Antioch PokerTour logos. And if you have a hand of the week, listener spotlight, or call the floor submission, email us at podcast at antietmagazine.com or post in the Antiep fans group on Facebook. Each week we spotlight a listener who emails us, and if they haven't won something from us in the past year, we just have to do a call the floor and hand of the week. We sent them something cool. This is our buddy Michael Cantor. He said, I've been playing a weekly online poker game with my friends, with all of us on Zoom. Last weekend I decided to play in the WSOP online $333 event. So I crossed the bridge in New Jersey and stayed at my friend's house while he was away on vacation. I was excited to try it out after 10 years away from real money online games, but soon realized that online poker is better in theory than practice. Without the Zoom banter, it was pretty boring and almost tedious way to spend a few hours. Of course, if I had cash, I may have felt differently. He said he also found that I took more unjustified risks and did not play as well as I do live. I'm hoping to make it to Vegas to play in the World Series 
but this really proved to me the value of social aspects of poker. I agree with them. I, I don't I don't know how how to play online. I mean, I don't think I could ever do it again. Like if I had to, I, I'd ha- it would take a lot of building up to it. I'm only getting older and older, so I'm, my attention span is getting worse and worse. On top of it, I just I couldn't do it. Yeah, well, again, I think it speaks to personalities, right? So, I mean, uh, if you're an extrovert, um, you're going to want to be in a, in a live poker and because that's part of your nature as a human, right? Is to converse with people and interact and see them. But um, I will say there are a lot of people that are introverts that don't uh, have very good social skills and uh, but enjoy poker. And so being in a live thing where they actually have to talk to people and look at people uh, <clears throat> is intimidating for them. Where if they're online, they're in their element. So it just depends on who you are. So, um, you know, clearly, Michael, you and me are in one, one camp on this, but there are probably lots of listeners out there that are quite happy. Just like, you know, the quarantine lockdown, right? I had friends that love that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They hate going to parties. They hate going to restaurants. They hate being made to feel like they have to go out and socialize. So the fact that they were they weren't having any pressure to do that anymore, they were just home reading books and watching TV and cooking was like the greatest year of their lives, right? So yeah, yeah. You know, so it just depends on who you are. So I think think that's it. So um, I I much prefer playing live to I mean, but you know, but there's also you know, as I mentioned, I've been playing some of the the stars online stuff. And I'm doing that because that's where I can play the games I want to play. I mean, I can go anywhere and play No Limit Hold'em around here. We've got four poker rooms we can drive to and play No Limit Hold'em anytime I want. But if I want to play a horse tournament, that's not going to happen anywhere but online. So I have to, you know, um, appreciate the the advantages that 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 offers as well, too. So It is hard to focus, though. You know, there's a lot of stuff. At a click away, you could go on to Facebook or the TV's in the room with you. You could print it on and watch reruns of Big Bang or something. You know, and it is, it's tough. It's tough. You know, if you're not picking up, like, people's tells or how they're talking or what they're saying or their reactions to hand, you know, you can't focus on that. All you're looking at is an avatar. You know, I, I just don't know. Uh, but, hey, that, that spinning go, though, that'll take care of that problem, Chris, because <laughs> you can't look away for a second. That's true. Free hands. So. That, that's true. Uh, we get to complete O'Malley's move today. Always good. Uh, here comes part one to refresh our memories. Hello, and welcome to another O'Malley's move. I'm Malcolm O'Malley. This week we are playing in a $1, $3, No Limit Hold'em casino cash game. We are playing in this game with a player from our regular home game, but of course are playing on the up and up against him. We butt in for 300 and currently sit with 450. The game is 8-handed, but two players are away at this time. The blinds post, the under the gun folds, and we're in the MP with the ace of clubs, king of clubs. This is a great hand, especially 6-handed. We may get $12 to go, which is standard. The hijack calls. This player plays cautiously pre-flop, but plays very well after the flop. He's the player from our regular home game. He's talkative and tricky, and oftentimes says things to get you off balance. He bought in for 300 as well, but has had an amazing night. He sits with 1500 The rest of the table folds. There's roughly $25 in the pot, and the flop is the 8 of hearts, 6 of hearts, 4 of diamonds. Okay, so we missed, but we're going to C-bet here. We make it $15 to go. The hijack makes a statement. You C-bet too much. Then calls. There's now $55 in the pot, and the turn is the ace of diamonds. 
This is a perfect opportunity to trap, especially knowing he knows our flop was a c-bet. We check. Our opponent insta-checks and says, give me a heart or a seven. The pot is still $55 and the river is the deuce of hearts. I'm ultimately not too concerned about the hearts. I think a bet is in order here. We make it $40 to go. Our opponent double checks his cards, then slides in 200 So, if we call and lose, it hurts on more than just one level. What's the move? I wish I had more history on the table talk of this play. I don't know whether his statement was leading or not, but it feels like he is making a play on us, so I'm just calling. Yeah, I'm not sure what to make of his little Hollywood statement, but I'm calling because asking for a heart usually means you're trying to kill the action. So, I like top top here. I'm going to call. Here comes part two. Hello again. Knowing what I know about this player, I don't think his proclamation was honest when he asked for a seven or a heart. I think he was full of it. He knows that if the heart comes, he's not going to get value if he has hearts, but he could get a fold if he doesn't. Ultimately, I think he may have some kind of eight. Or perhaps something like ace-queen, ace-jack, or ace-ten, considering he's usually cautious pre-flop. Either way, I don't think I have the stones to raise here. We call. I think I'm good, he says, and tables the ace of spades, king of hearts. Nope, we say, and table our ace-king suited. We chop. Until next time, I'm Malcolm O'Malley saying sometimes you gotta have some fun at the table. I hope to see you on the felt. Sometimes you need to have fun? How about all the time? (laughs) Let's not forget the big reason we play this game, because it brings joy to our lives. Sure, winning makes it more enjoyable, but our mindset is to enjoy the game every every minute we are playing it. Getting up as soon as we don't anymore. It's not only good for our soul, but our bankroll as well. Your Tony Robbins gibberish aside, that's a good call, Mal. Just I'm glad you made the call. I don't know what that whole thing was there. It's like a stream of consciousness from Scott over here. Uh, come see me at the uh, convention center this weekend, $50. <laughs> 50 to get in, 100 to get out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's time for the advancedpokertraining.com. Hand of the week. Send your hands or situations to podcast at antietmagazine.com. If you haven't listened from us in the past year, you'll get a free membership. Advanced Poker Training, the world's number one poker training site. Gregory Neems is our uh, hero this week, Chris. I wonder Ooh. if uh, there are any memes of Gregory Neems. Memes of Neems? Memes of Neems. <laughs> You're killing me. Oh, man. All right, he says, hi, guys. I thought this was a great hand for you. I'm playing six-handed, 25-cent, 50-cent online with some buddies. I'm in the big blind with $169. The opponent who's uh, the button and drunk and loose has $153. So I'm on the button, and you are uh, wherever uh, Greg is here, Chris. <laughs> I guess so. All right, so I fold to the cutoff, who's a very inexperienced player who raises to $1. Button calls, as does the small blind, and we are in the big blind with the king of hearts, king of clubs. Uh, well, we're going to be out of position for this hand. Um, and it's, I mean, it's, it's a great hand. Uh, but you, you probably want to either take it now or get isolated with someone. So I'd make it a pretty decent raise. I mean, if somebody made it one and we were going to make it three, right, um, then somebody else came along and another one came along, so that's two, so you'd make it five. So I'd make it like five or six bucks probably. Yeah, I think. Right right, yeah, right, right around five or six is the right move. Yeah. So our, our goal is to get heads up here. So so we raised a 550, so right in the middle of that range. All right. 
Cool. Cut off in the button call. So three-handed to the flop. Uh, the pot is seventeen fifty, and that flop is the seven of diamonds, queen of hearts, ten of spades, and uh, we are first deck. Well, I like that flop. I mean, it's not the deuce of spades, which would have been the, you know, the perfect uh, flop. But um, obviously, if somebody's hit that queen, we're going to get a lot of money. Uh, there are some straight problems in there, but somebody who's calling a big raise like that probably isn't playing Jack nine or eight, maybe eight nine, maybe eight nine. Um, maybe the button's playing eight nine. Who knows? But really, I mean, it's pretty safe. I feel pretty emboldened by that flop. So I, I guess I would probably bet around, I don't know, two thirds the pot or so. So what was the pot? It was 17. So I don't know, probably like 12, 13, something like that. Maybe. Yeah, I think that's fine. At least half the pot. So eight, eight, eight or nine bucks is probably the minimum. Yeah. You yeah. 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 More, it's probably better. I mean, it's good. We don't have the flush. We don't have a flush to fade here right now. Right. Which kind of helps. Um, so you're right. It's really just a straight draws, which don't really make much sense here. So what we're hoping is somebody hit some kind of queen here. So if we bet more, we bet here, the more likely the queen is, the more money we're going to make off that queen. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So our hero bets eight fifty. both players call very fast, Ooh. which usually call very fast. That's draws, which we just discounted. So yeah. interesting. So yeah. That means huh. Pot is now $43. The turn is now the nine of diamonds. So our board is seven of diamonds, queen of hearts, ten of spades, nine of diamonds. And we are first to act. Uh, that's got even wetter. Um, I probably would bet pot here. You know, I'd probably bet pot 40 bucks, something like that. This is, this is uh, the board. Like I said, if they were drawing, you know, if they had something like some sort of queen something, now it got really wet. If they had Queen Jack, it got really wet for them. If they had, you know, Queen Eight, um, and any King, even you know, King Queen, now is still wetter because now a Jack definitely gives them a straight. So I, I want to put the hammer down here and, and take down this decent pot already. So I think I'd bet like forty. Yeah, but first I'm going to eat whatever Snickers bars you're running wrapping there. You <laughs> <laughs> can be hungry, man. Um, uh, no, yeah, so here's the thing. Yeah, you, I think we got a bet really big here. Uh, that nine, you know, could have completed some straights, but again, as we mentioned, it's unlikely. But now it makes it more likely that something could happen. So I, it's time to get this, this pot, um, down to us. So I'm betting probably very close to pot here. Yeah. Um, maybe, but, yeah. Um, so. All right, our hero says it's getting draw heavy, so I bet $37, so just shy of pop. Trying to get heads up or win the pot outright. Only the button calls. So we're heads up now. Pot's $117 and a quarter 50 cent game. Very nice. Jeez. And the river is the six of diamonds, so our final board is seven of diamonds, queen of hearts, ten of spades, nine of diamonds, six of diamonds, and the action is on us. Well, I mean, any eight now is a straight. Um... But it just feels odd that someone would be playing an eight with all of this betting going on. It has to be specifically eight nine. Um, I think I'm willing to put in a, a blocking bet now to see if this person uh, really wants to try to represent this eight and shove on us. So, so the pot was 100. I don't know. I'd probably put in like a forty dollar bet again. You know, I, I I feel like the the odds of them having an eight. The hard part was another diamond too. That's three diamonds. 
but I don't think they were. I mean, it doesn't feel like they were playing diamonds from the beginning because there wasn't a draw. So um, I don't know. I I think you have to bet here. If you check and they do something crazy like shove on you, then you got to put to your test and you only have one pair. It's a pretty wet board. I mean, flushes are possible and straights are possible with one card. So I, I think that I would, I would put in some sort of blocking bet to see if this person really has a hand. If you check, they can bluff. But if you bet, it's going to be tough for them to bluff. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be tough to figure out really what we're up against here. We, we had kind of thought from the beginning, well, we we're hoping at least, right, a, a naked queen, right? Um, and so, but that naked queen could have paired anything. I mean, it could have been queen 10 even from the beginning with that. I mean, that could be a, a quick check there, right? And try to induce some more betting. So, yeah, it's it's going to be tough because I have a feeling uh, you're correct. If we check, he's probably going to show. So you're right, putting a bet in maybe limits that a little bit, but it's going to be a difficult call to make now, I think, um, as far as we've gotten in this hand, because we still only have that pair of kings, though. So. Well, the other thing, too, is if you make some sort of blocking bet like 40 or 50, and the person goes all in for 100, because we said the opponent was 153, so if he has like a hundred left and you put in fifty, it's gonna be a lot easier for you to call fifty to win whatever it would be, three hundred or so, versus uh putting in zero and having to call a hundred to win. You know what I mean? So this way he won't be able to bluff you for just fifty bucks, you know, and I think that's a good that's the way you block with it. So yeah. Oh, that's a very good point. Yeah. Uh, all right, our hero checks and the button does show for a hundred and three dollars. Uh well, I mean, you have to think about it. We went back. We sort of sort of went through the story already. Um, we felt like somebody might have had the queen, but the quick the quick calls are the the tough part because you don't know why would you call so quick with a queen when you knew we raised preflop. You automatically think your queen is good here. I mean, and we bet two streets, so it's not like we just see betting and gave up with ace king. Um, so that's tough. It's tough to make this call here. But I got an over pair. Uh, if he doesn't have an eight, I think we're good. So I'll probably make the call. Well, the other thing too, about these two pair of hands with a queen that, uh, doesn't make a lot of sense here is that it was already raised now, uh, before it got to most players. Um, it, now it was a min raise obviously, but then we raise pretty significantly to five fifty, right? right? So, and so, I mean, does a queen 10 call a 550, a raise to 550 in a 25 cent, 50 cent game or a queen, queen nine, a queen seven, a queen six? No. 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 Um, and eight, eight doesn't do that either, right? Cause eight, eight might call the raise, but eight, eight does not call that flop bet. So yeah, so not a lot of eights make a lot of sense. Not a lot of queen two pair hands make sense. Not a lot of other two pair hands make sense. Seven six maybe, but I'm like, with the how much we bet on that? Are you sticking around? Right after that flop, there was a weak kicker, and there was no flush draw at the time. I mean, and then uh, you know, then you if you had one of those cards, I mean, you didn't have diamonds, so you didn't back into a flush. So I don't know, just it, nothing, nothing that on this board makes sense to have beat as much troubles it looks like. So I think I'm going to call him. Yeah, me too. All right. Our hero says not a good river. I lose the backdoor flushes, any eight or even Jack King, but I call and he turns over the queen of clubs, Jack of hearts. Nice. Yeah. Kind of what we thought there after you analyzed it, right? Yeah. Nice. Naked queen. And 
And so I wonder now, though, had we this is a question now, had we made that blocking bet, which we we talked about. And then I think actually after I more thought about it, I probably talked myself out of making it because of this reason. But but had we made that blocking bet, what does this guy do? Does this guy just call now? Yeah, exactly. I think he does just call. I think the shove was sort of I got to get you off your hand. And if not, I have a decent hand, you know, because why not value bet if you think you're good now? So I do think the shove was sort of bluffing with with a made hand. Um, yeah, and we probably we made more money because we didn't put the bet out. I think he might even fold or just call the 40. So I don't think he shoves over our 40. So, yeah, I think we made the most money by checking. That's odd, isn't it? Yeah, but, I mean, that's, I guess that's why we do this um, exercise. So the next time around, you want to think about that a little bit more. And I, I, I honestly didn't think about that. I was more worried about uh, us losing to something there, not wanting to get completely committed, which, but then you need to take more time. Of course, you're online, so you don't have enough time to do all this thinking that we're doing right now. But right. once you think about this thing through, too, it just it doesn't make sense that there was anything out there that we really lost to. And the other thing, too, that we're forgetting is that he mentioned that the button was drunk and loose. So the quick quick call could be the drunk-loose thing, and the shove could be the drunk-loose thing. So it's so hard to play this game when, you know, chemicals are involved as well. So, you know, but uh, that's a good call, Greg. Nice job. Absolutely. I'm Chris Casenza. And I'm Scott Long. We'll see you at the table. Anti-Up is a production of antiupmagazine.com. Contact the show at podcast at antiupmagazine.com. If you'd like to advertise, send an email to advertising at antiupmagazine.com or call 727-331-4335. Some music used in this episode comes courtesy of the Podsafe Music Network.